I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. We're going to go ahead and continue our study on the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are the gifts that reveal something. And we're just going to go ahead and we're going to start reading at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 7. It says, um, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. We already said this. These gifts and these manifestations are not a, a minus, they're a plus. We need the gifts of the Spirit to be in manifestation, and we should covet them, we should desire them, we should long for them, we should ask God for them. There's nothing wrong with that. And then he goes on to say, verse 8, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually as he, the Holy Spirit wills, so we're going to continue our study on the gifts that reveal something. We talked about the word of wisdom. We talked about the word of knowledge. And tonight we're going to talk about discerning of spirits. And I'm going to be honest with you. Discerning of spirits for me has always been the biggest um, gift of the spirit for me. That's a challenge to teach. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to talk about it. We're going to read about it. We're going to have some scripture on it, but it is, uh, discerning of spirits, which is one of the gifts that reveals something. So when we talk about the discerning of spirits, we're talking about everything within the realm of knowledge, facts, events purpose, motive, origin, destiny, human, divine or satanic, natural or supernatural, past, present or future comes within the focal range of one of these three gifts, meaning the gifts that reveal something, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. And now we're talking tonight about discerning of spirits. Um, they include their in their own comprehensive survey all that God knows, and there is nothing that God knows that may not be known to man as the Spirit wills through the agency of one or more of these three gifts. So I love that. So when we talk about specifically tonight, discerning of spirits, so this to discern means to see discerning of spirits gives us insight into the spirit realm it is supernatural insight into the realm of spirits not just demonic activity some people all they see are demons 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 those kind of people i like to i have a, i have a question mark i have to watch them i have to see wow they never if you really operate in discerning of spirits, you're only seeing demons. No, it should not be only the demonic activity. It should be both the good and the bad of what happens in the realm of the spirit. Um, through this gift, you are able to discern the similitude of God. And through the word of God, we see people who in vision form have been able to see the similitude of God. They didn't see God. They saw the similitude of God. Here's an example. Isaiah 6, 1. In the year that the king, that king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord 
sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Here's another example, Exodus 33, 20. But he said, God said to Moses, for you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and it shall be so while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Then I will take away my hand and you will see my back, but my face shall not be seen. Okay, so in talking about discerning of spirits, you can discern the risen Christ and discern the Holy Spirit. Now, in the book where Kenneth E. Hagen, he writes about all the visions that he had. And I think, um, uh, what was her name? Um, I forget her name, but I think one of his, his people that worked with her, then her name will come to me. She, I think she's the one that really encouraged to put the visions that he had in a book because he talks about the visions that he had of Jesus and how Jesus walked into his hospital room and he saw Jesus and Jesus took him up into the heavens and so on and so forth. He's, he operated clearly, Kenneth E. Hagan, in Billy Brim. That's who I'm speaking of. Billy Brim, I think, put that, those visions into the book form. I would encourage you to read that book. It's an incredible book that really helps you to understand you know, Jesus and that he's alive and that he's real. He's still on the earth. And when he was revealing himself to the disciples, he walked through the wall, revealed himself. He showed Thomas his, his nail scars in his hands. He's definitely alive. And I think Kenneth e. Hagen is one man that really saw multiple visions of Jesus. So we would ask ourselves the question, why did why was he allowed to see multitudes of visions of Jesus in, in different kinds of ways? Well, I believe that the reason is, and I think it's obvious, is to equip the church for the times and the seasons that we live in. And one of the things Jesus said to Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen, was go and teach my people faith. And I think the faith message has been the foundation of the church, which, by the way, those of you that are like, you know, mothers and fathers, you understand that a lot of these foundational truths have to be retaught to the millennials and the generation under them. But with that being said, we were taught faith and now it's our turn to go ahead and teach it and to help to pass the baton. But I think the reason why Kenneth E. Hagen had so many visions of Jesus was because he had a message he had to get through to the body of Christ. These kinds of manifestations of discerning of spirits are not for ourselves to say, oh, I, I have to be really calm about this and lay low, but it really annoys me very much. And I'm saying that mildly, that these people that in the, some of the movements that we've seen in this recent generation, you know, they, they have visions of angels every day. And, you know, that makes no sense to me. Like why? To me, I would have a red flag if I was in um, a relationship with someone in the body of Christ or a, a, a peer leader who's having visions of angels every day and angels are coming and talking to them every day. I don't think that's faith. I think we have to walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, I'm giving my opinion. I'm not speaking by commandment, but the reason Kenneth E. Hagin had so many visions of Jesus, it had a purpose. And the purpose was, you know, I need you to teach the body of Christ. And one of the things, if you read the book, I Believe in Visions, the Lord said to him, I want you to teach my church about discerning of spirits and how it operates and teach my people about devils, demons, and evil spirits and teach them about how to use their authority. So there was always a purpose for the reason why the Lord came and revealed himself. So again, I speak by uh, permission, not by commandment. People that have visions of angels every day and have all this going on every day, I question that personally. And I separate myself from people like that because spiritual things are transferable. And if they're operating in a different law of the spirit, I don't want that on me. I wanna stay within the realms of the word of God and within the realms of the spirit of God. I don't wanna be distracted by 
any kind of activity that's new age. Did I say that correctly? I think I did. Okay, so you can discern the risen Christ and discern the Holy Spirit. Here we see in Revelations 1.4, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, he said, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the, his throne. This simply meant that he was seeing into the spirit realm, these seven aspects of the spirit of God. That's a holy thing. I was on the phone with a friend of mine and we were talking about it. And I don't know how we get on the subject, but she was like, again, I'm not being critical. I just want you to understand my heart. Like these people that see angels all the time, what happens when people see an angel? Every single time an angel appeared in the word of God, the angel would always come, it's in the Bible, and say, fear not, I have been sent from the presence of God, and so on and so forth. I mean, the angels always came with a message of fear not. So I think that if I saw an angel walking into my room, reveal himself, uh, him, or I don't even know, I think they're neutral, them, if an angel came to me and reveal itself to me, I'd be, I'd fall on the, on my face before, before on the, I just would be like so scared. And I think that that's why the angels, every time they appeared, they said, fear not. I've come from the presence of God and so on and so forth. So when the angels even came to Kenneth Hagen, the angel said, fear not, I've come from the presence of God and I have a message to deliver to you. And generally it was for, to equip the church, not just for Kenneth Hagen to go and brag that he saw an angel. As a matter of fact, you know, if you're a braggadocious, you are not a Holy Ghost-ish. You are like somebody that I would really watch and be careful of because I don't like that kind of stuff. I think that if you had a true encounter from the Lord Jesus Christ and from one of his angels and his messengers, you would be the kind of person who would be more apt to keep it quiet and more apt to keep it silent until you know that it's the will of God to even say what you heard. Sometimes things are revealed to his prophets, his servants, the prophets. We're not even allowed to utter what he said. And we're scared to utter it. And I can remember Kenneth E. Hagin. By the way, there's a very good anointing here tonight because none of this is planned. I can remember Kenneth E. Hagin. Um, we were in countless conferences with him because when Rama first started, it was back in the day. And I'm talking back in the day. I graduated 77, 79, second year 79. And I mean, there was only 300 students and then we would have all these conferences. And, and, and you know, we always, we always honored and respected and the Holy Spirit and even Kathy Hagen. And we just did. And I can remember, you know, him saying, he said, there's things I can't even tell you. And it used to frustrate us as, as young people and as students and as even as some of the ministers that were there, like Fred Price and all these other guys that were back in the day, heavy hitters, you know, and some of them are still alive. But the point is, he, he couldn't even tell us everything that he knew and he, he heard and he saw. So I think sometimes we're just randomly throwing out all this um, spiritual new age stuff and people are just taking it so lightly. And I'm not personally into that. I think we need to honor the Holy Spirit. We need to honor these gifts, especially the discerning of spirits. So anyway, so to this, this simply meant in this regard of Revelations 1, 4, that he was seeing into the spirit realm, these seven spirits of the access of the, uh, of the, of the aspects of the spirit of God. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't know how I'd react if I saw the seven aspects of the spirit of God. It also means the discerning of, okay, here we go, cherubims, seraphims, archangels, or the hosts of angels, or the discerning of Satan and his legions. Also, the discerning of the human spirit. This is the part that I, I still, you know, I don't really, to, to be honest, I don't totally understand. It also means the discerning of the human spirit, the good or the evil tendency in the spirit, or the power that is evil or good that may be behind any manifestation. 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, um, we should be careful lest Satan 
should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. So not all supernatural manifestations are of God. Welcome to the age and the time and the season that we live in. Okay, if I sound a little cocky, it's because I'm over it because I think there's so much misinformation and there's a mixture of the new age with the true operations of the gifts of the spirit. And I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying we need to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove. I've said it to you guys before. We'll talk about it again. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather, you know, too much word we dry up, too much spirit we blow up. We have to stick with the Bible, stick with the operations of the Holy Spirit because we still want to covet them. But when we get both the word and the spirit together, we can grow up. So I always want to encourage every one of you to stick with the Bible, stick with what the word of God says. Otherwise, we are going to be deceived. There's many voices out there in this realm of, of earth. And we have to be careful that we're hearing the right voice. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I'm the kind of person like, I really want to operate in the gifts of the spirit, but I don't want to be deceived. I want to stay pure. I want to stay in, in this, the realm of the word of God and the boundaries of the word of God. I don't want to build my ministry. Oh, I had a vision. Oh, I saw angels. I see angels every day. Oh, the angel whispered in my right ear and said, da, 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 da. We had a guy like that. I couldn't mention his name, but I'm not. But it was a very big deal. I don't know how many years ago it was. Um, I, I wasn't planning on saying any of this, but I can't remember how many years ago. It was probably five or six years ago. He, he, was, a, he was like a rocket shot ministry. Boom. He was, a, he was in a place. Nobody knew him. All of a sudden, overnight, he was an overnight sensation. And he was involved in the, um, um, I wouldn't call it a revival. I don't know what it was, but something was going on in Florida. And he was a part of it. And he would always say, I, the, the angel whispered in my right ear and said, da, 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 da. And I, I would listen to him and I would be like, an angel whispered in your right ear over and over and over and over. Not only that, okay, I'm just going to say it. He, he was so, um, he was dressed and presented himself in such a way that he completely brought attention to my, himself. So when you looked at him, you didn't see Jesus. You saw him and his tattoos and all his piercings. And listen, I have a tattoo, okay? No condemnation. I'm, I'm okay. But I feel like when we talked about it, the Holy Spirit always draws attention to Jesus. He always points to Jesus. When you've got people that are pointing themselves to themselves and have all this flashy stuff going on, and then they got somebody, an angel, not even the Holy Spirit, whispering in their right ear. And I'm just going to tell you straight up and just make sure everybody's on mute, okay? I'm just going to tell you straight up that at the end of the day, I was so grieved in my spirit. And that was probably not discerning of spirits. It was probably just my own internal discernment because there's a difference, okay? And I, I can remember being so grieved in my spirit about this particular, I'm not even going to call him a leader because he's not. He wasn't, even back in the day. He wasn't equipping the church to building the kingdom. He was building his own platform. And so I can remember being so grieved in my spirit and my two best friends were still best friends, 45 years. We actually got in an argument about this particular individual. Not only that, but this particular individual that I'm referring to brought so much division in the body of Christ. People were arguing over whether or not he was of God or not of God. But I feel that if we're walking, not in discerning of spirits, because there's a difference, but in just regular everyday discernment, we're going to know and not be ignorant of Satan's devices. And he was definitely in sin, definitely operating in some other realm. And everything came out later that he was having an affair when he was in the pulpit and doing all these things. And I heard from the angels and all that, so on and so forth. He was not only having an affair at the time, but he was drinking and preaching. 
See, you see what I mean? And so what I'm saying to you is simply this, really be careful with sign, people that say, oh, the angel came to me today and told me this, 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 and this, really? And then you got people that are like doing their best every day to hear from God and walk and go with God and walk in the word. And we're sitting around going, geez, <laughs> that's amazing. We're walking by faith and not by sight. And these, these, these people having visitations from angels every single day. And then we'll move on. I have a friend and she's an, an outstanding human being. Uh, raised in the Catholic Church, got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, actually in my now closet. Used to be my <laughs> used to be my office. I made it into a closet. Yay! And so she got born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit in my office at the time, the purest of the as pure as you could go. Now, what does the Bible say? Blessed are what? The pure in heart, for they shall see God. Right? So she said to us one, one day, uh, it was a few months ago on a prayer call, because we do these prayer calls once a week. She said, oh my gosh, she goes, she told us, she goes, I woke up, she goes, and there was an angel standing right next to me. And she goes, oh my God, I thought, is it my time <laughs> to go? <laughs> and we were all like typical Susan, because she's so pure in heart. And instead of bragging that she had a visitation from an angel, she was like, is it my time to go? She was so afraid and so taken back. And the angel actually literally did have a word for her. But those are the kind of people I listen to. Okay, so let's go on and I'll stop with my rant. We'll continue to go on. So not all supernatural manifestations are of God. Familiar spirits, okay, familiar spirits, Okay, I'm, I'm going to read it, but I'm just going to say that there are people that operate in like fortune tellers, palm readers, you know, um, you know, these people that are in witches and, and warlocks, you know, they operate in familiar spirits because there's devils, demons and evil spirits in the world on the earth today. The Bible says they roam about as roaring lions seeking whom they may devour. They're in the earth guaranteed there are definitely things going on all around us um so when we talk about familiar spirits we, i'm saying not all supernatural manifestations are from god familiar spirits so did that person i was just talking about was he operating familiar spirits personally i'm not speaking by i'm speaking by opinion i think he was definitely my opinion he was operating familiar spirits these spirits they're familiar with what's going on with you just like, you know, you know, uh, palm readers and psychics, people are, oh my gosh, how do they know that? The devil's telling them. There's demons that know everything about you. They know about your past. They know about your present. They try to predict your future if you accept it. Some people accept what the, what the familiar spirits are saying. And then the demons have an open door into your life. And then they may, can make it happen. I remember one time before I got saved, I was in high school and this person was, was with a friend of mine who's older than me. And um, it, he, he read my palm and he went, and he, he stepped back. And I was like, probably like 17 years old. He goes, oh my gosh. And he, he wanted to speak some negativity over me about whatever my palm had in it, right? Which I don't accept and I don't receive in Jesus name. I wasn't saved, what didn't know God or Jesus, didn't understand. I mean, I was a Catholic, I loved God, but I didn't understand the operations in the realm of the spirit. But my heart told me, because you know, you can have a heart for God and still be discerning. My heart told me, don't accept it. And so I didn't accept what he said. And you know what? I think sometimes that's what happens with people, like they accept what these psychics are saying and they try to make it happen. And that's where the danger lies. So anyway, not all supernatural manifestations are of God. Familiar spirits, they are familiar with people and pass this information on. It looks like the operation of the word of knowledge. Do you remember what the word of knowledge 
what we taught about the word of knowledge, anything in the present and past. So that familiar spirit, that demon that's giving that psychic the information knows about your past, knows about my past. So the demon is giving the psychic information about that. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. One time, my daughter and I, we were in California. You know, California is known for all kinds of stuff. And um, we called to get in a massage at this, uh, actually it was at her gym that she works out at. And they had like a massage part. And I remember when, when we were on the phone, uh, my daughter actually made the call and, and, and the woman said, okay, we have two openings and would you like so-and-so to do your massage? Because he operates in the realm of fortune telling. I go, absolutely 100% not. I don't want that guy touching me. I don't want him touching my daughter. You don't want these people touching you, okay? And so what happened is we get to the, we get to our massage, we go in, and here we go. In my opinion, thank God, somehow I ended up with this guy, right? And I could figure out it was him because, you, you know, if you want me to tell you anything about your future, I can give you information. And I put up a shield. Because in your spirit... You could put that shield of faith up and you could put that bloodline up. And I said, absolutely 100% not. And so, you know, he, he did the massage and so on and so forth because no weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm not afraid of the devil. Greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. I was just thanking God that my daughter didn't get him. Because you know what I mean? You know, how kid, you know, anyway, I was happy. And then you know what he said at the very end of the massage? Here's how... Here's how the devil operates. When I went to visit my daughter, I brought one pair of pajamas because I didn't want to have like a lot of stuff. And they were pink and black polka dotted pajamas. And I kept washing the pajamas because I didn't want to, you know, I just only had limited amount of clothing. And I wore them every single night. He goes, oh, he goes, I can see pink and black polka dots. And he went into this black and pink polka dot thing. I'm thinking, you devil. You low-level devil, you saw what I, you know, it was like he couldn't figure out what it was. Oh, but he saw. You saw what? You saw my pajamas. Can you see, you see what I'm saying? That demon spirit that operates through these people, he had a sense, he got a little glimpse of something. Oh, it's pink with black polka dots. I'm thinking, gotta be kidding me. So that's all I'm saying. Just be careful who speaks into your life, okay? So the Old Testament forbids the people of God to have anything to do with them. So people who are going to psychics, fortune tellers, all these new agers, the Holy God is so against it. It's crazy because you know what? God is a jealous God. And he is, and he's not only a jealous God, but you think of it, guys. He loves us, right? The Bible says he loves you with an everlasting love, right? He loves us. He does not want us to be harmed. So he knows that just like prayer opens up the door for God to work, these people who are open doors to wanting all these manifestations and speak to me and get your palm read, he knows that these are open doors to get into our souls, into our bodies, into our minds. And at the end of the day, what is the devil's um, key um, ministry? Steal, kill, and destroy. He knows it'll kill us destroy us, bring us down, gets into your soul. It's a stronghold. Now you got to deal with it. Now you have anxiety. Now maybe you have a weird sickness and it might be something that gained entrance. It's got to be cast out. So anyway, let's go on. Second Thessalonians 2.9 says that there's, there's going to be the coming of the lawless one. He, and he is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And I believe and you guys will attest to this. We are living in those days. Lying signs, power, wonders, all these things are taking place. And if we don't have a discerning heart, not necessarily discerning of spirits, because there is a difference. If we don't have a discerning heart, let's just stick with the basic here. A heart who knows God, a heart who's sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We don't have a discerning heart. We're going to be deceived. Lying signs and wonders. This, that, and the other thing, all kinds of stuff. That's why you got to be really careful who prophesies, who prophesies to you, who lays hands on you, who touches you, 
Who speaks a word into your life? Are you going to come into an agreement with a lying spirit of Satan who's trying to sift you as wheat and take you out? I'm not. I really, the Bible says, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. Be discerning. Let's not be deceived. You know, there's many voices out there in the world. That's what the Bible says. And that's why it's so important that we teach people, especially those of you that are mothers and fathers, you know, how to be led by the spirit, you know, how to pray in tongues and how to put the word in you, because that's what's going to build you up. And you're going to know when you sense error. And I'm going to tell you, even straight up, the Bible says, even the elect will be deceived. Think about it. With that person, I'm not mentioning his name, with that person, you know, that I was referring to earlier, you know, oh, there's an angel whispering in my ear and then he's having an affair and, and oh, he was actually molesting children, by the way, in his ministry. So there you go. Wow. Okay. So we have to be, even the elect will be deceived. My best friends, we're arguing over whether or not this guy was a, oh no, Margie. This is what God's doing. These are the, you know, this is the new thing God's doing. What? He's using people that have, I'm okay with piercings in your body and tattoos all over your head and your head, the whole thing. I don't care about that. But to me, he was like, God told me to get the tattoos. Oh, really? Can I be honest? You know what God tells me to do? Margie, you must decrease and I must increase. When you minister, you be modest. You can be cool and have your little fashion thing going on. Don't draw attention to yourself. Anything that draws attention to you is humanism and demonic and selfish ambition and pride. And I think we need to be aware of that and be understanding of that and, and just be discerning, okay? So even the elect will be deceived, cause so much division in the body of Christ. I am telling you, level high level leaders were like, oh, he's of God. And others were like, no, he's not. We were literally as leaders, arguing, arguing amongst ourselves about this one particular person. And then when push came to shove, he's molesting children. He's having an affair. He's getting drunk in the pulpit. I don't have anything. I don't care about drinking wine, like with your dinner, but if you're drinking and you're drunk, literally drunk in the pulpit, that's a problem. Okay. <laughs> that's my little rant. Tonight is definitely not going the way it was planned, but I like what's going on right now. So Revelation 16, 13 and 14. Okay, here John says, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophets. Did he say, what did he say? He said, false prophets. There are false prophets in the earth today. Be as wise as serpent and as harmless as doves. For they are spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of the almighty. Now, Kennedy Hagen, in his book, I Believe in Visions, which I highly recommend that you guys read, he saw... Uh, I think I see this, I, if I had planned this, I could tell you exactly. But he saw coming up out of the ocean, I believe it was, I can't say exactly, I don't want to say, but he saw something coming up out of the ocean. And then he saw the darkness coming on the United States of America. And one of the things that the spirit told them was that if we don't pray, this darkness is going to overtake the United States of America and so on and so forth. Again, I didn't plan on talking about this, so I don't have the exact um, thing that he said, but he was operating in discerning of spirits when he saw that. So here's, here's an example in the book of Acts. Um, Acts 16, 16 through 19, okay? Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl, listen, listen to this. This goes along with what we're talking about. Possessed with a spirit of div divination met us, ready? Who brought her masters much profit by what? By fortune telling. The girl followed Paul and us and cried out with a loud voice. Watch this and you'll see how the Holy Spirit orchestrated this teaching tonight. These men, oh my God, they're so wonderful. 
Oh my God, look at them. They are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Let's worship these men. Let's look at these men. Let's, dis let's, let's distract everyone from Jesus and let's magnify these men, right? Isn't that what the devil does? And selfish ambition and pride does? And then his, this is what happened. And she did it for many days. See? But Paul, listen now, greatly annoyed. See, what happens is like, this is the kind of person I am. And I think this comes with time and maturity and waiting and learning and being in your 60s, right? You wait. If something doesn't feel right to you, wait on it. Think about it. This is what we talked about earlier in our meetings that you look on the inside, think about that situation, then look on the inside and go, okay, what about it, God? If you have a decision to make, look on the inside. If you don't have an answer, keep looking on the inside. Notice she did it for many days. Nobody said anything. But here, Paul was greatly annoyed. And this is, I'm not sure what translation, maybe New King James. I think there's another translation that says he was grieved in his spirit, right? That's discerning of spirits. He was grieved in his spirit. He was discerning the motive and the intent of the girl, possibly the people that were making money off of her, right? The motives. And he was also discerning the spirit that was behind the girl that was giving her the information. She was fortune. She was a fortune teller. Paul, greatly annoyed. He was greatly annoyed, not just a little bit. He had had enough. Something on the inside of him said, something's not right. He turned and he didn't say to the girl, but the Bible says he turned to the spirit, right? He didn't speak to the girl. He turned to the spirit. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And I want you to notice something about this. And this, again, goes along with what we're talking about tonight. And the Holy Spirit is directing this teaching. Paul spoke directly to the Spirit. He didn't speak to the girl. It took days before Paul discerned the spirit, but he had been grieved in his spirit. Once delivered, see, this girl could no longer tell fortunes, right? So you think about this human being that I was talking about earlier. If he doesn't repent, well, he said he did repent. So whatever, he's still in ministry and he's still doing that thing, you know? I can't get into it. If you don't repent and turn away and understand that you're operating in a familiar spirit, you're not going to be delivered, right? So here, once delivered, this girl could no longer tell fortunes, okay? Now, listen, you don't always need a manifestation of discerning of spirits. If you are walking in the spirit, like we said, know the word of God, you will have an inward witness that something is just not right. It's an alarm. And I work with multiple churches on the East Coast and some in other areas of the country. I can tell you when a pastor or a leader has a check in their spirit or a thing in their spirit, you know, wait on it, wait on it, wait on it. At the end of the day, it's going to come out, everything hidden is going to be revealed, okay? If you just wait, and especially if that person is trying to push themselves forward, they want a platform, they want to be seen. See, that to me is a red flag. It's something in them wants attention and is turning the attention away from Jesus. That to me is a red flag. And pastors and leaders, I've seen it over and over and over and over. If they get that check in their spirit, if they don't follow it, it causes division in their church, destruction in the church, church splits. But if they nip it in the bud and deal with it, it goes. It, they move on. That person or whatever goes on and goes and wreaks havoc somewhere else. So you will have an alarm. 
Romans 8, 14 says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we can be led by our spirit. Now, not all have discerning of spirits, but every one of us has an inward witness. What discerning of spirits is it? Discerning of spirits is not the gift of discernment. It's not psychological insight. <laughs> it's not mental penetration. Discerning of spirits is not the power to discern faults in others. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. I was not judging that person that I, I'm not calling him a leader. I'm calling him a deceiver. Okay, let's call it what it is. I wasn't judging him. I was judging the spirit behind what he was doing. Not only that, I was grieved in my spirit. Not only that, you're leading and you're here, you're, you've become a national deceiver overnight. And suddenly you're leading the body of Christ astray. Now I have a problem with that. Those of us who are true leaders, we're trying to build the kingdom, build the kingdom slow. And it takes time to build the kingdom. It takes time, it takes time, time, time. But you got this thing going overnight sensation. Sorry, I, I have a, it's a red flag. So yes, judge not. It is not the gift of criticism. It is not fault finding. It is not discerning of characters or faults. It is not discerning of, of people. It is called discerning of spirits. It concerns the spirit that might be manifesting. This gift is not a supernatural gift to uncover human failings. Okay, so I'm going to give you two examples of, I don't know, I could, this was always the hardest part for me to teach on the gifts of, that reveal something. And tonight was actually the most revelation I've ever had in teaching it. And I love that because I think we're all in unity and we're all listening and we're all pulling and we all want to hear more. And I think we're all growing up, but I could never, I had a hard time teaching it because I never really knew or operated in it. And I, I think I've operated in discerning of spirits twice. Um, I operate in discernment a lot, but discerning of spirits means to see. Um, well, maybe, maybe the discerning of the good and evil tendencies of the human spirit I've operated in, but I didn't really know what it was. But I'll tell you about the two times that I, I operated in discerning of spirits when it came to Jesus. One time I was in my, in my bed and I was on my phone like this, just completely distracted. Da da, da 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 Facebook, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, Instagram, reading, reading the news, like literally an hour and a half in my bed, propped up, pillows behind me, and I'm 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 like doing this whole thing. It was before I had my dog, so the cat's in the bed, hanging with me, sleeping. And as God is my witness, you can't even make this stuff up. I heard someone. Lord have mercy. Walking in my hall. And I heard his footsteps. And I wasn't afraid. This is the strange part. I wasn't afraid. I heard him walk from my hall. He walked into my bedroom. And I knew it was it was a, a person. Like, you know, you know how if you had your eyes closed and somebody walked into your room. You would know that they walked in, but you didn't see them. I didn't see him with these eyes, but I discerned him. He walked, I think this was discerning of spirits. He walked in, I'm saying, I think, <laughs> I don't know. He walked in, I wasn't afraid. He literally stood next to me in my bed. I had the phone in my hand, I put my phone down and he said to me, he said, what's the most important thing? And I said, he knew what I would say. Didn't the Lord always ask questions? 
I mean, his earthly ministry, think about it. If you look at how many times he asked questions, he knew what I would say because I was like this person. I'm teaching intimacy with God and, and my mission is to teach people how to pray. And, you know, prayer produces intimacy with the one you pray to, for and with. And all about intimacy and Moses, I want to see your face. And if Moses had that intimacy and friendship with God, why can't I have that? He knew what I taught because he gave me the message. He goes to me. I'm standing to me on my lap. He goes, what's the most important thing? And I go, intimacy with you. And then you know what he said to me? He said, and how you treat others. He said it like with an attitude. Literally, turned around, walked out of my bedroom, down the hallway, and I just sat there. First thing I did, of course, was posted on my Facebook page. You know what just happened to me? You know what God just said to me? Oh my God. And you know what? If you think about it, and I thought about it, first of all, first thing, who am I not treating right? Who do I need to forgive? This is like a correction. You know, for me, Jesus came to me as a correction, right? And if you think about what does the Bible say? The Bible says, you will love the Lord your God, right? With all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you want to be intimate with him and love him. But he also says, and love your neighbor as yourself. So for me, that was a correction. And then I had a second correction. I had a friend, and we're going to close tonight. I had more to say, but we didn't get to it, which I think was really, tonight was really good. I had a friend who lost her son, and we come to find out it was an accidental drug overdose. I mean, the most precious family could ever meet on the face of this earth, beyond comprehension, precious. We all have precious families, but I don't know. I just, my heart just broke for her. And I got a text from her at four o'clock in the morning. My son, and she named his name, I'm not gonna say, uh, was not supposed to die. And she was and, and went into this whole thing. Literally, they found their son dead in the home on the couch. And so I called my prayer team and I said, please, we gotta, please come over to my house. We gotta pray for this family. And I was going to go over there that day and minister to them, just talk to them because they knew I was in ministry. They knew that I loved them. It's all about love, isn't it? It's not about having a reverend before your name and all that BS. Can we just get over the whole title thing? Okay. It's all about love. So I just, so please guys come over. We got to pray for this family. I can't believe she lost her son. I can't believe the heartache and the pain. Then my friends, like there was like four or five of us, we gathered in my living room here and we just, you know, started praying in tongues. And I said, Lord, we just bring this, I'm not going to mention their name, up before the throne of God. Father, we just pray for them. We just were praying in the spirit. And right then and there, as I was praying in the spirit, I saw, I entered into see the spirit of seeing and knowing. And you can't just all of a sudden see and know. I don't understand these people that, Go to heaven every day. That's a red flag to me, okay? Or they, you know, you can't, it's as the spirit wills. You can like develop your human spirit to a point where you can be ultra sensitive and sense and know and discern. But to have these kinds of manifestations, oh, I'm just going to have a manifestation of the spirit of seeing and knowing. No, it's the Holy Spirit as he wills. Otherwise, like Kenneth E. Hagen used to say, you know, you crave these supernatural manifestations. It's good to crave it biblically, but if you seek for it and long for it and seek like in a dysfunctional way, he said, the devil will accommodate you. And I fear that that's what's happened with the times and the seasons that we live in now, if we're not careful. So I'm standing there, we're praying in the Holy Ghost. Two things happened. Number one, I'm standing there praying and like literally standing. And on the inside, I had this vision that rolled like a screen and I saw um, their son and I saw their son. He had a baseball hat on and it was turned backwards. And I saw him walking up and he was kind of chunky. He wasn't like a thin kid. He was more chunky. And remember, I never met him. So know that. 
That's why anything in the realm of, of revelation, I knew nothing about him at all. But the Holy Spirit chose to reveal that to me. And it was for a purpose. And I'll tell you in a minute. I saw him walking up to the, these gates of, of heaven. I guess there were, where there were the gates. Because I knew that by, by just knowing. And the, the gates were pearls were all around the gates. And white pearls. And I saw the gates open. It would be like this. Open. And I saw Justin with his hat backwards. walking into heaven and I saw the gates close and then it was like I didn't get emotional because it's like it was so natural like brother Hagen said in the last days people are going to flow in the supernatural just as natural as a bird flies in the air and a fish swims in the sea it's gonna be very natural so that didn't have like a human emotion attached to it I was just like okay because you got to stay in the spirit if you get emotional you start to you 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 become you can disconnect that's why when you start to get things like when i get prophecy or a word of knowledge i stay out of the emotional realm and i stay connected to my heart we've been talking about this how to stay connected so you don't lose it so i just stayed in that place and i was like all right, I just stayed in that place. I didn't tell anybody anything that I saw. And then I'm standing there. And so it would be my right side. Jesus appeared to me. He didn't appear to me like a person, you know, like I'm seeing you, you're seeing me. He appeared to me and he was a Jesus I never taught, a Jesus I never saw, a Jesus that I never thought of. He appeared to me and I didn't see his face. Brother Hagen saw Jesus' face. He actually saw his eyes. He says his eyes were like liquid wells of love. That if you looked into his eyes, he said it was so much love he could hardly, he couldn't even take it. Can you imagine? That's why I love that book because it really infuses me with the knowledge that Jesus is real. He's here. We don't see him. We don't have to see him. We don't have to hear voices. We just know that he's with us. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so Jesus appeared to me on my right. And I love this because I think this was a sign of, you know, I feel in his heart of respect. And like he respected me because we're co-laborers together with God. And we're working with God to build his kingdom. And he stood next to me shoulder to shoulder and instead of the Jesus that I had been teaching when I taught on intimacy with God, I was teaching a Jesus that was, because I'm a girl, feminized, meaning, oh, you know, he's got sandals on his feet and long hair. And visualize him when you pray because it keeps you centered and focused in prayer. And it's good to do that. And that's true. But I, the Jesus that I saw that day standing next to me was a Jesus I never thought of. And when he stood next to me, he was, he was like, like a, like a buff Jesus and a tall Jesus and a strong Jesus and a warrior kind of Jesus. And, and, and I saw out of the, like on the corner of my eye, he had a crown on his head and not like a Miss America crown, you know, a thin crown and a crown, you know, that's thin and plastic. The crown he had on his head was about Two inch, like inch and a half thick. It was gold and it had jewels and it was like heavy, not like a thin little feminine crown. And now number two, that was a correction because the Lord didn't have to say anything. But I knew that the Lord was saying to me, you know, teach intimacy with me, but don't feminize me. Remember, I'm a warrior and I fight battles. I'm your warrior and I'm a warrior king. And I overcame principalities and powers. I made a show of them openly. It was a side of Jesus I had never discerned before. I'm just being honest with you. So then that ended. And then I don't, I don't remember if I told everybody what I saw. Sometimes you, sometimes you just got to keep shut your mouth. And don't say anything. But I did tell them about what I saw with Justin. 
So I had to go to what I call the house of mourning. Imagine losing your son. Imagine finding him. Imagine like as a mother or a father, like, and these people, we talk about empaths, high level empaths, really nice people. And knocked at the door and it was just like, God help me. This is what ministry is all about. You know, heal the brokenhearted. Give me something to say to them. Help me. Help me, Jesus. And they opened the door with the husband and the wife and the parents. And they were in such shock because, you know, ministry is glamorous. I mean, like, this is like the real life. Like people are in shock. All they could do was talk, 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 talk. They both talked at the same time. I just let them talk and let them talk. And I just let them talk and just let them talk and let them talk. They were both talking at the same time. They were just shock, shock, shock. And they were glad I was there because they knew that I knew God and I loved them. And they needed God. These people need give God help us. When people die, people want God. But they already had God. So anyway, so I went into the kitchen, sat with the kids. And um, I just waited and waited and waited. Sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut. It's more wisdom. You have more wisdom just not to say anything. And then when the time came, I said to the to the mother, the father, and the kids, I go, can can we talk? And I always want to talk with you. They all said, yes, because they're all in shock. And we, I took them all into the living room. And when we got into the living room, um, I right above the fireplace. There was a portrait that the mother painted. And she actually painted a picture of my daughter. It's on, on my, my family room. Because they're very loving, giving people. And they love family. And she had painted this picture of her family. And in the picture, there was her son, Justin. And he had his head backwards. And so I just, just, had, to, I just had to be really calm. And I just said to the family, you know, sometimes you have to say this, to, especially for the kids, because the kids want to know who's talking to me. You know, so I said to them, I said, I said, I just want you to know that I'm a minister. I don't usually pull that card out, but it was appropriate because I feel like they needed to hear that because they felt like they were good. They're good Catholic people and they needed to know it was like the priest. You know what I mean? And I said, I'm a minister. And I said, I just want you to know that my team and I, we prayed for you. And then I said, I said, I said, please hear me out. I said, I, when we were praying, I had a vision and I saw Justin walking. I said, the Justin right here, it's behind me in the picture. Exactly. And I never met him before. I saw Justin walking on a path and I saw the gates of heaven open the pearly gates and then the mother stops and she goes she turns to her husband she goes oh my god she goes those are the same gates that I saw when I died well, who would have known right because she she had health issues and she she died and then she came back because that happens you know you hear of that all the time she was in the hospital and she died came back and she says to her husband oh my god those are the same gates that I saw when I went to heaven, when I died. Same, same description. And I just let her talk. And well, I'll go crazy. And I just let them talk. Because, you know, it comforts those that mourn, heals the brokenhearted. And I just said, well, I saw Justin. And he had his hat on backwards. And he walked into the gates of heaven. And I saw the gates shut. And, um, yeah. And I prayed with them. And I feel like the Bible says comfort one another with those words. And I felt like the Lord was really reassuring me and the family. He's in heaven. You know what I mean? Because sometimes people wonder, oh, you had a drug, an accidental drug overdose. Oh, you, maybe somebody committed suicide. Maybe somebody listening to this right now. Maybe, you know, somebody that committed suicide. You don't know, you know, uh, nobody knows. You know, who, who are we to judge? You know, you know, I remember Brother Hagen saying people can be sick in their heads just like they're sick in their bodies. Whatever. It doesn't change like your right standing with God. Some people suffer so much on the earth with depression depression that they just can't take it anymore and they kill, they commit suicide. Well, who's to say they're in hell? <laughs> Are you kidding? 
You know, I think God's close to the brokenhearted. And so I feel like that vision for me, two things, and then we'll close. Number one, you know, for Justin, I feel like it was a confirmation that he's in heaven. You will see him again. Yes, the mother saw the same gates to be absent from the Lord or to be absent in the flesh, just to be present with the Lord. He's in heaven. And I was really happy to personally to hear that myself. And then the second thing I feel the Lord just corrected me. Stop teaching me. Stop teaching just the feminine Jesus. <laughs> so that's all I have to say for tonight. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.